This is Father Aaron with another podcast. Today we celebrate the third Sunday of Lent. Many people today are ill across the world, and I know that several of my listeners will be quarantined at this time. So let's keep one another in prayer today and not lose hope. Hope does not disappoint. Today in the readings, we're taught by the church what is required to make true spiritual progress and how the enemy will often tempt us to lose hope and to return to where we were before. On the 10th of May, 1940, Nazi troops launched their invasion of Western Europe, beginning that day with the coordinated invasions of the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, and France. Now, on the same day, Sir Winston Churchill began his first term as a Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And three days later, Churchill gave his first address to the British House of Commons. He said, We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I will say, it is to wage war by sea, land, and air, with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us, to wage war against a monstrous tyranny, never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalog of human crime, that is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all cost. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and how hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. Of course, World War II lasted five years after he gave that address. It was a long and a hard road indeed. Only a month after he spoke these words, England lost the entire, nearly the entirety of its infantry troops at Dunkirk. And Churchill himself warned, that, warned Parliament of the potentiality of open war in the streets of London. There was no alternative to victory other than death. There was no alternative to turn back. Maybe a bit of a lighter topic. I don't know how many... Have you have ever tried to lose weight before? Usually you start off with the diet, you add exercise. People usually do pretty well for a few weeks. And then you start to remember how easy everything was before you cared about all your fat rolls. How easy it was to eat whenever, whatever you liked, whenever you liked, to never feel sore after a workout. And so you give up 
and you go back to the way things were before, you just can't have your cake and eat it too. Or maybe that is your issue. The point is, is there's no alternative other than putting in actual effort, unless you don't want the results. Now this is the state we find the Israelites in the first reading today. They have been freed from slavery, rescued from the pursuit of Pharaoh, allowed to walk straight through the Red Sea, fed with bread from heaven, and yet they're constantly dissatisfied. They spend all their time focusing on the effort it takes to make it through the desert, so much time that they begin to lose their sight and long for the empty pleasures they had back in Egypt when they were still in slavery. And this dwelling on their situation leads them to act out against God and against Moses. Why did you ever make us leave Egypt, they say? Was it just to have us die here of thirst with our children and our livestock? Notice they even act like their emancipation from slavery was forced upon them. Why did you ever make us leave Egypt? It seems natural to humankind that when we're faced with adversity, we immediately desire to return to some supposedly happier time or a stress-free time, even when that means we won't achieve our original goal. How many kids, for instance, who are very talented in one sport or hobby are very quick to give up on another the first time it becomes difficult to them? Or the grass is always greener on the other side, they say. This is even more the case with our spiritual lives. We find the resolve to build a spiritual life. We set aside time for prayer or decide we're going to take on a certain devotion. And that initial desire is usually enough to push us along for a little while. But eventually, we start to think about how easy things used to be. And so that devotion or that time for prayer eventually disappears. It's usually not discouragement at our progress which slows us down or dissatisfaction with where we are. More often than not, we fail at making spiritual progress because we falsely remember the ease of our situation before we tried to grow in holiness. St. Ignatius of Loyola refers to this as the second rule of discernment. He has several rules, but we'll go into the second today. He says, In the persons who are going on intensely cleansing their sins and rising from good to better in the service of God our Lord, It is the way of the evil spirit to bite, sadden, and put obstacles, disquieting with false reasons, that one may not go on. Notice he doesn't say it's temptation. It's discouragement. It's the false image of the past. It's another state that entices us to give up on what we're doing. Or maybe we're just jumping from one devotional practice to another without ever allowing anything to take root in us. So how do we defeat this situation? There really is only one answer, victory. Victory at all costs. You see, our image of the past or of the other situation probably does have some truth to it. It might have really been easier to just be enslaved to the Egyptians than for the Israelites to fend for themselves in the desert. It might have been easier for Churchill to lay down, wait for invasion to come. There is truth to some of our perceptions. But often, the enemy will take that shard of truth as the core of his lie. That small truth makes it easier for us to bite down. It makes it sound more reasonable to us. So instead of focusing on the past, or on the supposedly greener grass of our lives, we have to instead look toward victory. What is the goal in all of this? Now, I said it two weeks ago, at the start of Lent. The whole point 
is the salvation of our soul. We see that in the gospel today. Our Lord meets the Samaritan woman and asks her for a drink of water from the well. When the woman questions him, he says, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you knew the gift of God, that's the core of it. So many of us start off on good paths and try to grow in holiness, but eventually we falter because in the cost-benefit analysis we do of the situation, we don't see the payout of sticking to our spiritual regimen, as opposed to returning to what life was like before we cared about Jesus Christ. The problem is that, just as in the grave situation inherited by Winston Churchill on May 10, 1940, the only alternative to pressing forward in our spiritual life is death. Spiritual death. St. Alphonsus the Gori said as much. He says that in the spiritual life there is no stagnation. One either goes forward or he goes back. But backwards motion in our spiritual life has an eternal consequence. It's like the old saying, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. When we have progress well in the spiritual life, we also prohibit ourselves from returning to where we were before without sin. God does not bring us to a place in our relationship with him and then declare it to be complete. We either continue forward toward victory or we turn back to defeat and death. And so we need something to motivate us. If you knew the gift of God... A constant recommendation from the saints is to spend time in prayer contemplating eternity with God, considering the good things that make life with God worth having. In fact, the only thing worth having. Fear of hell isn't enough motivation to make us grow in holiness. We have to desire eternity with God. And to desire that, we have to gradually come to understand the beauty of God. So why do people fail at diets? Why don't they keep their New Year's resolutions? Why don't they perfect their hobby? Why don't they grow in holiness? Because they don't want it enough in the end. Hope does not disappoint, writes St. Paul. Having hope in eternal life with God is the recipe for spiritual growth. You cannot grow spiritually without this hope. But if this hope motivates you, if you have this hope, then you can achieve the calling for which you were made and which is well within your grasp, holiness, to become a saint.
thank you for taking the time to listen in today. If you like what you hear, please go on iTunes and leave a good rating or comment. Also tell your friends and family about it, and visit the Diocese of Jackson Office of Vocations website for more great content. That's jacksonpriest.com. Jacksonpriest with an S.com. Thank you, and God bless.